Oh boy, I can't wait to uh, get this show on the road. I uh, I was deathly ill for a bit there, but I'm all better now. Oh no! Well, uh, I'm glad you're all better now. Yeah, I'm all I'm all I'm all better now. That's mm-hmm. right. All right. Okay. Well. Uh. All right. <sighs> just get it. Get ready here. Okay. Get back into it. You know, you've done this intro a million mm-hmm. times. Just got to get back into it. All right. Uh. This episode of Storm Puds. We do the near raids, huh. and it's super fun, and uh, it was a big event for both of us, and we absolutely loved, loved it. I'm your host of Light, Jerome Parpatsis. And I'm your host, Alex Hamber... Wait, say that again? I'm your, I'm your host of Light, Jerome Parpatsis. I, I don't think that's your name. I Are, think, what do you mean? It, it, it's Barbatsis. Your last name is Jerome Barbatsis. I'm, I'm pretty confident. It's always been Parpatsis. I, that's not it's it's listen listen don't ask i don't i don't think you know what you're dealing with here okay okay oh, oh, oh my god no did you did you go look at the orb i have no idea what orb you refer to just because it's out there on the lawn in front of the lake and just because multiple other residents of your building have gone out to view it and returned seemingly unharmed does not make it a safe recreational pastime Orp is life. Orp is perfection. Okay, we're going to have to go. You know what, everyone? We're going to come back to the episode. I got to go deal with this. Must eliminate human life forms. Hey, who is that? Uh-oh. Is there someone in my house? Yeah, hold up. Another robo-duplicate got in. Oh, God. Is he wearing white? Yes, it's wearing white. It should have been the tip-off. No, no. <laughs> Eliminate! Eliminate! Does he have a gun? He's shooting orbs at me. They're very easy to dodge. Why are you not getting hit by my orbs? Hold on, let me just hack him. Oh, uh, systems failing. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate that guy. All right. Thank God. Now that he's gone. Time to get this episode started. You want to introduce yourself one more time? Sure. I'm your host of light, Jerome Gargatsis. God damn it! That's a storm of buzz, and we're going to tell you about how we saved the world. This episode of Storm Booze, we collect haunted dolls in your dark apocalypse. We find out the truth about the Shadow Keeper in the Roll Quest finale, and we do it in a spooky voice. Is that, ju- is that just a voice you're doing, or is this like the third robo-duplicate I have to deal with? Welcome to Storm Booze. I'm your host of darkness, Jerome Vampire Batsis. And oh, that's... I, okay, I, I and can't, I can't care anymore. And my co-host of, <laughs> of darkness, Alexander... Vambrock. <laughs> that's actually okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Hi, Alexander Vambrock here. Vampire Brock. No, Vambrock, not Vampire Brock. Vampire. You nailed it. You got it in one. What about Empire? <laughs> oh well, we're back um, after a bit of a uh, uh, side journey. Thank you so much for checking out that episode of a rant how did you enjoy it Alex? i actually really enjoyed that that oh, was that's great good. that's good it's really it's just for you anyone else screw them it makes me really think that we could actually talk about other video games oh good good i'm sure you had a, you would have had opinions that differed from mine 
Um, if I had played that one. If you played it. I don't know. Based on a lot of the stuff I've heard, I think a lot of what you said is stuff that I was also concerned about. Yeah. So It's a pretty expensive... Anyway, it's pretty expensive. <laughs> if you don't have a PS5 already... I'm waiting for the PS5 Pro, baby, in All a right. year now. 2026, here we go. As I mentioned in uh, the spooky intro, it is October. And, of course, we are going to be doing our themed month spookiness does that does that change any of the content we cover or are we just constantly You'll see oh, 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 I, I have no idea what the plan is at this i point. didn't run this by who <laughs> um so as i mentioned in the intro we are covering final fantasy 14 yorha dark apocalypse in Shadowbringers, and we are also going to finally finally finish up the role quests um which is really exciting but, of course, before we get into that, we've got our spooky first little segment. And what we're going to do, we are going to get distracted, but have a nice physical stimulation with our slime quests. <laughs> That's right. We're going to be talking about our side quests while playing with slime. Wait, is that actually what we're doing? To create an audio nightmare! It, it, is that why you got the slime? That's true! He posted yesterday in the group chat that he had got slime, and I just thought that was a thing people do, because I'm out of the loop on everything. I <laughs> I have slime, and then I've got the activator over there, which is borax, don't drink it! <laughs> Holy shit! That's a glass of borax? That's borax! I probably That's should right have said that my water bottle. <laughs> If we have to take a break to call poison control, that's why. <laughs> okay, how is this working? We... We're going to take a break and wash our hands and be right back. Okay. All right, we've got our slimes. Yeah, no, this is not a joke. I'm holding a big blob of blue stuff. You gotta make sure make sure you hear it. Yeah, make sure that pops up on the audio. Really gotta. I'm sure this oh, is my a gain is way up. Great experience for everyone listening. My gain is way up. Let me turn your gain up a little bit so that you can really get that slime. You, you can kind of you can hear the way it jiggles when I kind of slap it. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. What were you, what's your what's your first slime? Well, what's your slime quest? My, my my slime quest for this week, I guess, is um. Oh yeah, so I've been playing uh, that there case of the golden idol. Finally! Yeah, it's real good, huh? It slaps. It's so I, good. How far have you gotten? Uh, I'm on like the final case before DLC. Basically, oh I'm on God. the big sprawling one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, uh, like I, I guess uh. I'll so I'll say really quick here. So, case of the Golden Idol was like I had a vague idea that it was like a detective game, mm-hmm. and I'd seen screenshots of it. I had oh. not seen any video, not even the trailer. So, on the basis of the screenshots, I. I it's, it's, Sorry, I'm playing with the slime here. Also, you need more activator. He's got I the need some more activator. Yeah, yeah. but um, on the basis of the screenshots, the way that it looked, like it looked, like it was going to be kind of like, like a Monkey Island or like a oh, yeah. like a Phoenix Wright almost. Like I, I figured I'd be like controlling a character who like talks to people not to like so pick up clues and stuff. No, not at all. <laughs> this game is so much weirder than that. It's just it's this mystery game where what happens is every little chapter. It just it shows you this vignette. It shows you a vignette of maybe like one or two rooms in a house where like a bunch of characters are standing around because someone just got murdered. And you as this disembodied Ooh. sort of figure 
can just click into all of their like pockets and see everything they're carrying. Like, you know, like this guy's carrying a knife and yeah, two yeah, yeah. coins and a note with some information written on it. And like, and you have to like just obsessively observe every little detail of the scene. Yeah, you're not like a person. You're just watching a story unfold in front of you. Yeah, I I, I have no idea like who oh, I'm, I is the char- player character I'm supposed to be in this game. You're nobody. You're just like, you just observe. It's just like a narrator. And and like and you're you're like following these murder scenes through this plot involving like well a golden idol mm-hmm. and also these rich English aristocrats who yeah. do terrible things to possess it basically and the plot keeps going in increasingly escalating directions and there is some stuff going on here thematically about the like the way that like sort of like fascist movements draw on occultism in order to generate are you okay my slime almost went down my shirt i've got like a pineapple slime it smells so good and and, and i really want to see the end of this game and like also play the dlc and stuff yes. cuz like cuz i'm curious it's all like, great. like is the interesting thematic stuff like actually coherent at the end or is it just sort of like a really interesting sort of like window dressing? I'm not entirely sure. I'd be happy with it either way, but it, and the art style on this thing is also wild. Like I, I said, Monkey Island, it's like if Monkey Island was more grotesque. I think, these- yeah, it's there's something weird. It's grotesque and weird, the pixel art, but once it, it's like gets in, once you get into the game, it feels fine or it's like not fine, but you know, it's, it feels it definitely is on purpose. All these all these people look like they're molded out of the slime. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, like actually, the comparison is pro- the strongest comparison is probably Return to the Oprah Den, right? Like, except oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot more accessible than that game. Yeah, I will. I think so, except for one puzzle halfway through that I was stuck on for like two hours and ended oh, up yeah. being the hint system on. <gasps> Sacrilege. I wonder which one it was. We'll have to talk later. It was the one with the the servants. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder. Later. But um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Case of the Golden Idol, super cool. Have not beat it yet. Going to play that DLC. <laughs> oh uh, Your slime is going out of control. It really so... is. It is. I... It's like the more you put into it, the more it gives back. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, just, I'm shaping this. It's like, it's like monster blood from Goosebumps. Yeah. It's going to start like it's going to, I'm going to eat it and I'm going to start growing. Oh, like, God, don't, do not eat it. <laughs> I guess it's probably too much borax. It's borax. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat it. <laughs> Okay. That's okay. My, that's my side quest. What All right. Got? We're going to trade slimes. We're, 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 we're trading slimes? <laughs> trading is that slimes. Okay. okay. This is okay. The, the blue one's now the talking slime. Good okay. The blue, Lord, the blue one is the talking slime. Oh, wow. This one feels super different. Yeah. This one's like putty almost. Whatever. Yeah, I know. It's great. Like, oh, it, this it, is really slimy. Like if I slap this one, it's like. Yeah. And this is this is the blue one. It's like. It's way oh, better. Nice. It's squelchier. This is wet. This is this is oh god, it's so hard to talk with this. It's really fun though. <laughs> um Okay, what's your side quest? So this and this blue one smells it pretty much just smells like laundry detergent, but citrusy. It's like a little citrus, but mostly tied. That one's just like oh, strong yeah. pineapple. Very oil. strong pineapple. Yeah. But it's nice. With an undercurrent of like a little bit of citronella or something? I don't know. It smells Maybe. candle like Ooh, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> like anyway um yeah my side quest uh, i did finish mortal kombat one story on stream the vods are still on my personal twitch twitch.tv slash jerome house um i would recommend watching the vods because you can like skip past the part where i'm actually playing mortal kombat which is super <laughs> boring but but the fucking cutscenes are something else uh-huh. and my reactions to them i think are pretty funny <laughs> um so 
that uh, was that. And then I also uh, dipped into Party Animals, which is the new sort of Gang Beasts style oh, yeah, co-op yeah, I've seen this played. party mm-hmm. game. Why does that slime look so much stickier in your hands? What did your hands do? Maybe you might I, have warmed it up for you. I washed them. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. And it's like this one is less sticky in my hands. Interesting. Maybe people, maybe you're just a slimy person. It's good chemistry. Maybe you're just a slime. <laughs> um, uh, and it's really fun. I really am enjoying it. Um, when I get a chance to play it with my friends, um, I just accept that it makes me angry. <laughs> but it's still like I like it a lot more than something like Fall Guys, which just kind of feels like everything's out of your control. I don't know. I like the fighting of it a bit more than I do the Fall Guys, which is just like you're just sitting waiting for rings to spawn near you and hope you get to go in. I'm like this isn't a game. I was gonna say like, are the controls like loosey goosey the way the gang base is? Like, oh, is the totally. Point that it's like hard to control. It's very. I mean, yeah, that's very much the point. You're just like, what? Well, come on, get up, you stupid. <laughs> you know. <laughs> The um, slime is so weird because like it doesn't window pane the way bread dough does. It just like it just it's not bread like, dough. <laughs> it just drips like custard. But this like, blue one does window pane. Yeah, it's, but it's, this it's, one is completely that one's completely opaque, and this one's not. Yeah, like, it's like it. It, it, it looks like, like it's like goopy. It's like big viscous sunscreen that you can hold in your hand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's that's it's the Whereas this just looks like yeah, the similar adjectives for Tide. I loved this stuff. Yeah, I got it, and then I was like, yes, can't wait to to. to to surprise you with slime quests. That's going to do it for our slime quests. Okay, should, I, should I put this down now? Let's like, put them back. Okay, should, should I go wash my hands really quick? That's not where that one goes. Whoops. It's okay. It looks like it would. I mean, I think I can just use this anyway. We're now going to wash our hands again and be right back with Storm Boo. Womp womp. Wow. I just got through listening to that. That's that's not coming back. <laughs> that's, that, was so, that was horrible. Okay, back to the show. Womp womp. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're back. Um, the slime kept trying to escape the containers, but we have it. It was growing. Yeah, contained. it was kind of it was getting a little autonomous for my liking. Um, but we are now back. We're going to focus. No more distractions. We're back on our main mission. Your hot dark apocalypse. Uh, this is the Alliance Raid segment of Shadowbringers. It was a um, collaboration between Square Enix and Yoko Taro. Uh, and it, was, it was a bunker's decision. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I, it's because I, I went back and read some interviews also. Exactly. And it's so funny. And you read it. And like, I don't know that they have a great answer for why they did this either. Like Yoshi P did an interview where he's just like, "Yeah, we needed content for the game. We were looking for crossovers, and we thought maybe we should do near Automata, and so we did." It's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Yoko Taro's just like, "Yeah, I guess they wanted to ruin their game. Why not?" <laughs> and like, it, it ended up being way more work for them than they anticipated. And Probably. Stuff. <laughs> Whoops. Oh well. well. What a baffling thing to exist. That being said, is it bad? Not really. <laughs> not really. It's 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 not good either, but it's got some moments. It's something. So uh, the pre-raid quests, uh, we got Word About Kamra, Scandal and Kamra, and On the Threshold, we start in... This is all in Calusia, right? Yes. Um, in, yes. The Dwarven Village up on the cliffs. We are informed by a dwarf in the village that there's some gossip about their rival town of Kamra. This was kind of established in the MSQ prior when we were stealing some of the crystal salt from their mines and then they had the beard off or whatever. Uh, and then so there's something about a weird, a new weird dig site. So we're going to go spy on them. 
Uh, and that neighboring village, we run up to them, and there's a dig site guard that tries uh, hilariously tries to make us bribe him to get in. Um, and he says, you know, we are uh, ultimately rebuffed by the chief. <laughs> Which is the first of many cases we're going to get of really getting to creatively abuse the lolly ho catchphrase. Yes. The, the <laughs> lolly, what the blazing hell do you think you're doing, man? Ho! Yes. he, The dig site chief, who is an icon, sends us on a mission to deliver a message to, to some twins in the village who are um supposed to be uh doing something in preparation for the carnival is that this point i maybe or just like preparing in general there's some work that they need to be doing i think the carnival's later sorry let me take that again um so yes that is said by the dig site chief who is an icon and he sends us on a mission instead of trying to get into the site he sends us on a mission to help uh deliver a message to two twins named konog and anog anog Anog. I'm going to go with the Anog. Anog? We're not, we're not <laughs> Anog. Um, there are two dwarves cloaked in black and white, respectively, um, which is unlike the rest of the village. They are cloaked in red. These dwarven twins take advantage of our kindness and swindle us into getting an automaton core for them from the mines uh, so that they can do their weird science. We yes, then they go appear to, the, to be up to some uh, hijinks with mechanics and contraptions and things. We then go to the dig site uh, with the twins and beg to uh, beg. They we all beg to be led into the ruins. After that, and they're letting the twins are letting on that they know more. They know something strange, something interesting about the nature of the ruins. Um, and after being rebuffed again, we investigate a strange string of thefts in the villages. Uh, instead, that's kind of another distraction that the dig site chief sends us on, only to find that that guard was responsible for them. Um, and as soon as we slash doubt the guard, he falls under scrutiny and runs away. <laughs> and that's a great line here where uh, she says, well, I don't know what you're accusing him of, but I'm absolutely certain that he did it. Yeah. <laughs> we corner him out in the field and to our surprise, he- he's triplets. So we, that's right. There's three of them. So we beat them up. I forgot for the about key. all of this. <laughs> Um, and one of them says, we would have gotten away with it too if you if it weren't for these meddling kids and you, however old you are. <laughs> but, the, the tone of this is already pretty great out of the gate. Yeah. We return to the twins with uh, this uh, the key to the dig site, who then drag us along to examine the dig site, which they carefully and meticulously explode with massive cartoon bombs. I got to say here, the establishment early on that uh, Anag and Konog use enormous cartoon bombs to solve all their problems hmm. really should have continued. I was expecting a lot more cartoon <laughs> bombs throughout this entire thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a great tool. That's a great tool. Um, after all, everyone knows that... Oh, this is a quote. After all, everyone knows... So let me say this again. <clears throat> who says this? I don't know, Anog probably. Um, Anog at this point, you know, turns to us, tries to get us, you know, ah, screw it, screw this quote. I don't know who says it. I'm not, I'm not confident in this quote. Cutting that out. After we open the way, we are beset by little copies of the little machines, the little uh, cylindric machines with the flat feet from Near Automata and the orb heads and the beady eyes. Um, they also get cartoonishly exploded. They do. We throw more cartoon bombs at them. Uh, perfectly spherical explosions. And after that skirmish, we find a woman in pure white garb and a black, black bob. Like a complete, I mean, you know what it looks like, but it's, uh, I would consider, the kids these days would call it a fuck-ass bob. <laughs> uh, and she is unconscious, and her name is, uh, but she wakes up, and her name, she tells us her name, 2P. 
who is on a mission to exterminate an alien threat. We go with her to stop the threat into the copied factory. Two things here really quick. Yeah. One, do we ever learn what the P stands for? (laughs) The P stands for Ptolemy. Ptolemy? Okay, sure. Yeah, I guess alchemy, this transformation, <laughs> that's thematically relevant. Mm-hmm. Thing number two, um, can we pause for a second? Can I put the borax over on the kitchen counter? Oh, it's yeah, really we hard for to me to not, bo- like, I want to drink the borax. I just keep wanting to drink the borax. Go put the borax down. Sorry about that. I just keep staring at it. <laughs> he's, going, he's going to put the borax away. Unreasonable. It's unreasonable that he wants to drink the borax. It's in a Pyrex. It's not in a normal drinking vessel. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants to pour the Pyrex into his mouth. He's back. He's Borax. I think he's Borax free. Okay, I'm back. Okay, great. Into Fantastic. the copied factory. Into the copy factory. Um, so the, this, this is a kind of homage to the sort of, I guess, opening sequence of Nier Automata. Yep, yeah. We're running through that whole factory. The first boss is the serial jointed command model. Um, we see... And uh, the the, the it basically just spins around. It, it, we start to see the mechanics of Nier Automata coming through with their bullet hell orbs Lots that of are orbs. very faithfully rendered, uh, pink purple orbs, um, and uh, little machine copies that fly around. He's got some spinning mechanics that you just kind of have to like. You have to know whether or not he's going to hit on his sides or and in, in the center beforehand. Um, and you, he, but the the cool mechanic I think is he has these um. This conveyor belt thing where he like has those has a bunch of drones that go around in square patterns and you have oh, to kind right. of navigate. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, that's a cool that's a cool one. Uh so we beat that guy up. Uh and we m- move further in. We uh on to the second boss. And the second boss is called Hobbs. Yes. In, in a the room quality assurance room. In a room called Quality Assurance, which is one of my favorite rooms. <laughs> it's great. Um and uh, you have a note here that says the immediate bomb throwing. <laughs> yeah, the, we're talking about, I think my favorite parts. I think this is my favorite. And there was the, yeah, the laser. This is the laser resistant test one. Yes. <laughs> lots <laughs> of laser tests. Lots of la- there's lots of la- the crate that drops and then the, the the sides fall and the little dudes run out of it. <laughs> it's a lot of dodging. And what's cool about that fight is that all three of the different platforms for the three alliance raids have different shapes to them, which lends to some of like the lava pouring through. Uh, mechanics that come later have to have like different patterns to them. So if you do that fight, you might get a different pattern depending on which platform you're on, um, which is nice. And I wish they would do that more <laughs> for Alliance raids. It'd be cool. Like it's just like, some variety because you're like you're doing these things over and over again. You should. It would be nice if they're not the same the whole time. Um, but I mean, they try to. I don't know. They try to, but they don't necessarily do it in the arena level at the arena level. And I wish they would use that gimmick a bit more. Um and then we <laughs> right yeah we start so, to fight Engels yeah so so we so I immediately third see on boss. the horizon I, my, I immediately see on the horizon and my exact quote is is that our friend Engels and it absolutely is yeah we have both played near Automata before so I was really excited to see you know for him to see all the references that are in and yeah Engels is a giant colossus huge yeah. huge one giant like fifty story tall robot um mm-hmm. I immediately died in this fight and then accidentally warped back to start <laughs> you did I spent the entire fight just watching from behind the purple veil as everyone else did the fight that was really unfortunate i was really annoyed i like angles so much i was really annoyed well you'll have to go back and do it yeah i'll go back and do it again at some point but 
that's like the worst one to be stuck on the sidelines you can't see anything that's going on for the first half of that fight because there's two platforms and the one we start on is really far away (laughs) so we're not even rendered yeah no i'm just like seeing these little like tiny explosions off in the distance (laughs) on like the horizon great it looked like you were you were you had been admonished by the gym teacher and weren't allowed to play it for the rest (laughs) of the class it was kind of sad um but then the final fight of the first raid is um uh you 9s and yeah, you i immediately clocked i was like wait a second there's a mini like, boss where we're fighting one of the flight units from yeah, yaha and you're like wait a sec yeah like we're fight like we're fighting those machines but also we're fighting a flight unit which are what the androids use and then we get to the end and it turns out that inside that flight suit was 9s and i was like haha i know my near stuff Yes. And then this sick-ass new arrangement of Weight of the World begins playing over the 9S fight. Yeah, it's the Weight of the World um, mashed up with the Final Fantasy prelude. Very good. Um, And this fight, uh, I would say... It's cool, but it also is really long, and it has two forced cutscenes that are like, ugh. like the the boss was at point one percent, and it just like doesn't die until you get the second cutscene. We're yeah. like, all right, fine, I guess, but whatever. I don't know if that really is necessary for the story, but I guess it is. Um, but otherwise, uh, otherwise, a good raid in my opinion. I think um, <laughs> you yep. have a note here. So after afterwards, we um, we. So 2P and 9S do a sick-ass fight scene. Really cool cool choreography there. Um, they both kind of knock each other out, in essence. Um, and we end up taking both of them back to the base where no, 2P... Don't we, don't we leave 9S's body there? Oh, no, you're right. We do leave 9S's body first. Yeah, we take 2P back because she, she shuts down, ending us with a classic sort of death quote of like, you, with it, you can restore the... <laughs> and then, uh, so so we take her... So we take her body back, and uh, that takes takes us into the next set of quests. Yeah. Uh, so this will cover an academic dispute. Tails, you lose. Heads, I win. Uh, we delve. Like this. Yeah. We delve back into the ruins with a new survey journal thing that was handed to us. That is basically um, kind of a carbon copy of the near automata menu screen that we can use to kind Which, of observe. Again, I guess like we only really use it here. Yeah. Like I guess we get some more like journal entries and stuff later, but like there's a lot of like bespoke mechanics that kind of yeah. set up here and that they just don't do much with. Exactly. Oh, I, I guess one thing I guess I also didn't understand I was looking it up. These three segments for this raid came out super far apart, right? Yeah. Isn't it like October twenty nineteen? These always come out uh, a year apart. Oh and like, then like, also all- COVID. Like, uh, yeah, that too, but, like, all three parts come out, because it was, like, the first part came out in 2019, and the last part came out in 2021, which I did not realize that they were that far apart. The last, yeah, no, they come out, the, the, the it takes through three years. They've all <laughs> or been two like and that? a half, like, no, like, it comes out, the first part comes out kind of shortly after the expansion release, and then there's a year after that, and then a year after that, yes. Oh, okay. all, well, that's normal. That's going to change how I'm thinking about a lot of these going forward. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, we, we get the journal. And we're going back into the um, uh, copied uh, copied factory, basically. And the twins get into an argument about how to proceed. Uh, Anog wants to dive headfirst in and restore 2P, but Konog is a bit more skeptical about things. Mm-hmm. And this is probably my favorite joke in the entire thing so far, is the game straight up says, like, it gives us two quests. And it's like, pick which twin you want to accompany. This choice will, ha- like, you know, like, d- d- diverge your story significantly from, uh, you know, the other path. <laughs> And so like, I think you added the word significantly or, like th- this will diverge your story from the other path. And so we each pick the opposite one and then we're kind we of get in there 
And it's just the exact same content. It's pretty much the exact same content. We're getting in there. We're writing down what we did. And then like midway through, I just have a note here that says, God, this is dumb. These are... it's." Uh, 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 and a strange what's it, etc. It's apparent to me as we're writing this that these quests are identical. <laughs> like you go to the same places, you have the same conversations, basically. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't fork at all. Not really, yeah. But ultimately, what we do is we revisit, we go through the instance of the copied factory, and we find a bunch of little pieces. Um, and we also notice a, a room full of. Hopefully, you notice a room full of dead tubies on the yeah, way, I, I which saw was that. Carrie. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking weird. Uh, but I got all right. Uh, but we eventually uh, end up at the end. We inspect 9S's abandoned flight suit machine and and uh, his body on the ground. And we take him back with us to be our little secret. You know, mm-hmm. learn something from this. And back in our base, the twins have been assembling the components to what they think is a key to um, the, 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 the dig site, like, farther into the dig site and they ask us to leave them alone a bit while they analyze all this data uh fantastic and that brings us to like the end of the first chunk here end of the first chunk and then a year passes yeah which one like my my thoughts after this first chunk are like okay like this is like fairly basic fan service it's kind of what i've come to expect from this game at this point Mm -hmm. like you know it's not like super tightly integrated but hey it's a, it's a, it's the guys you love from near they're here so uh, and they're and they're interacting with the final fantasy characters okay let's, let's keep going Let's keep going. So the second tier of the the pre-raid quests, we've got carnivals and confrontations. One way to do it, we can rebuild her and everything you know is wrong. Well, that last one is the raid itself, but whatever. Is everything you know is wrong? Is that a reference to the Weird Al Yankovic song? Or I don't it- know. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? <laughs> the carnival approaches. <laughs> Everyone's favorite uh, terrifying part of Nier Automata. The carnival is approaching in the vil- Dwarven village. It's like a Dwarven carnival. Yes. Yeah. And it's high time the twins pulled their weight inside the ruins. Uh, so we're going to check on them for the dig site chief. But inside the ruins, Anog has a meltdown. And Kanog's Con- explaining that the, the, the pod, the little mm-hmm. like floating robot guy from near uh, Automata that they got working, has no energy. Um, it, the way she talks about this, it's like she's been spending days trying to get her gaming PC working and she keeps like breaking it at like the bio screen. Oh, like, no. <laughs> she's so close. <laughs> Um, so it's on us to find an energy source for them, basically. They have another spat about the ethics of drudging up old technology and whether or not it's a risk to the village. Um, but uh, that was a bit of a distraction, at which point Anna, Anna gets us back on track by saying, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, why I'm right. <laughs> um, so she then says, I'm right because uh, this is going to be great. And here, get me energy. So we are tasked with beating up some of the local coblins for their high energy crystals. When we get back from that, the dig site chief uh, himself, who never gets a name. No, he's just the chief. He's just the dig site chief. It's a little disappointing, but whatever. Accosts the twins about their schemes. To which Anog says, hey, they're good schemes. They're great schemes. And he nags them enough to do their assigned carnival work, which we also now get to be a part of. I okay, keep finding so we, different things to play with, and I keep throwing them away. I, yeah, I've noticed. You're on, like, your third thing. God damn it. Where's this? Been to- <laughs> your, your desk has too much stuff on it. I took so much stuff off my desk, and you it still did, has You know, too- you're right. I shouldn't say that. You've done an admirable job of cleaning up your desk. <laughs> but it's, there's still so much stuff. This desk is cleaner than my desk right now, honestly. <laughs> I needed it to be clean for the slides. <laughs> anyway, we set up the car- we, so we were setting up for the carnival. We set up some carnival banners. We get a cutscene about the festival. Um, it's actually quite nice looking. It's it's all lit up. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's got banners and balloons and like, you know, and good food and stuff like that. It's no Tilt-A-Whirl. There's no live fish race. So it's not mm. like a proper like carnival as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, it's it's a good merriment and japery and all sorts of all sorts of amusements. Yeah. And I think the festivities are really in stark contrast to the near a carnival music that starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> which is really creepy. It's a bit tonally... <laughs> But but hooray that the carnival is happening and we are approached again by the twins who inform us that the pod is now powered up thanks to us and the key is ready to function, I guess. Well, they're ready to use the pod to analyze the key, I guess. I don't know how this technology works. Time to see all this shit in action. Man, I cannot imagine a better time to try this out than right now. Just like great Mm -hmm. call, guys. The key itself seems to be some device that displays strange glyphs, but we can't otherwise decipher it. The pod is able to only really explain so much about the key, like... It says, kind of, um, like explaining time travel to a cat, I guess. (laughs) Like, we would really only understand so much, even if it tried to explain to us. But it is able to tell us that 2P is damaged and needs a replacement part. So we promptly head to what we call the corpse room. (laughs) The corpse room. (laughs) They're like, where are we going to get parts? And we say, hey, what about that corpse room? And they're like, what corpse room? (laughs) Hey, honey, you running out? Yeah, I'm going to go to Trader Joe's and get some uh, frozen pizzas. And then I'm going to go to the corpse room and get a a, a power brick. Oh, good. The maid needs a new ass. (laughs) Get get an ass when you're in there. (laughs) So 2P finally awakens, grabs the key from us. Uh, the mountain begins to tremble as soon as she activates it, and all of a sudden, the dwarven village is under attack. And I'm so sorry, because the thing is, is that <laughs> what's happening here is really horrifying. It is truly like the, the dwarven village is getting destroyed. There is there is firebombing, there is carnage, there are mm-hmm. people running and screaming, everything is in disarray. And also, it's kind of funny to just watch this Final Fantasy fourteen level like tech fantasy village just get obliterated by a by bunch of like futuristic, futuristic military hardware. Like it, it's not it's not even a contest. Not it's, at all. <laughs> not at all. No, it's, it's um, just rampant destruction. Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. uh, B straps out from behind us, and and the the androids are at first look to be in black garb, right, with white hair. But suddenly, so she suddenly st- uh, starts kind of lo- posturing as if she's going to defend us from them. But then she turns to us and she says, oh, well, your job's done. And then the rest of the androids tur- uh, sw- switch colors. <laughs> they are actually white garbed androids. And uh, we are saved. And 2P reaches out, uh, tries to attack us. And we are saved none other than, by none other than the icon, legend, and star herself, Yorha Unit 2B. Yeah, she's here. She's here, the real one. She's you, you wanted her. You wanted 2B. All you fuckers just wanted 2B. And yeah. now, check it out. Here she is. 2B is great. 2B is great. Uh, 2P, uh, 2B kind of wins the fight a little bit. And then 2P leaves, leaves in, in a, a flight suit. suit with the other white androids. And because they're like, eh, whatever, I guess. And just, just to explain a little bit. So what happened here is it seems like we got tricked. Mm-hmm. And by reactivating 2P, we actually reactivated a whole army of like evil androids mm-hmm. who who then like who who also like are now we can tell they're evil because they're dressed in white just yeah. like the good androids are dressed in black which i guess actually kind of intentionally or not ends up being like a mirroring of the whole Shadowbringers yeah, thing so with the, like light and darkness yeah the p series is the they are the machine life forms that are imitating the androids yeah kinda. like do we learn that here that yeah this is where two that's where 2b explains that she's on a mission to destroy them they're the machines she's in a mission to destroy them and um 
you know, kind of like Adam and Eve, kind of, but we don't actually yeah. see Adam and Eve, sadly. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, I would have loved to have seen Adam and oh Eve again. God, that would have been so good. But yeah, like we've, we've seen the machines mimic stuff before. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so that takes us to uh, the Puppet's Bunker, which is now open, thanks to the key. I mean, it was bad. It was bad that we opened it, but now we can take the fight back to them. The first uh, area is, a, it's a big open desert dust bowl, and it's like, and uh, geographically it's right next to mount gulg yeah <laughs> you can like see mount gulg in, in the, the distance, distance. and the contrast got, like, of like a final fantasy crystalline mountain <laughs> with the <laughs> with like the yarha base satellite that's crashed into this round planet. like alien structure <laughs> every time there's a, a very obvious contrast to what's going on here it's pretty funny the first fight is the 813p operated aegis unit it's like a little big star thing uh, and it spins around and shoots la- shoots a whole bunch of lasers. It does do that. Um, I think the most interesting mechanic that it does is that when it pulses out those rings with the glyphs on them, oh. and you have to find the gaps and run into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, the first of a few mm-hmm. different things we're going to see here that are like Drakengard style also. Like, it's not yes. just your Automata we're pulling from. We're pulling from the whole Yokotaroverse. Yes, it's, it's very, very respectfully done. <laughs> we're not just doing one thing. Um, that was a fun one. We... I think what we 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 dive into uh, we start diving into the base a bit more after we beat that, and we run into kind of a big hangar where we fight seven seven two p operated superior flight units. The um, alliance rate gets split into three. You can only attack one of your three things, and then you got to just like all three of the little machines are going to coordinate to do big AOEs basically. It's all right. If it's what's nice about that is if if one group finishes early, they can help the other groups. I like fights like that too. Um, the there's not then a then after that we are uh, we explore a bit deeper and we run into the uh, kind of hub world of the Yorha units, like a crashed replication oh, yeah, yeah. Of, of the, the, of, the, the space of the command center. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can run into Two B's room as well. Oh, I didn't notice this. Yeah. I just ran straight for the uh, for the command headquarters. I think one of like the the I think one of the little lower pieces is in there. Um, but then, yeah, we go into the command headquarters, um, and we see that it's all just a replication and a facsimile. And the screen lifts, and we get taken into a room with a big kind of spider mech. Uh, fucking, this fight's hard. 905P operated heavy artillery unit. It, it, like, coordinates with this room. We're basically in a big IMAX theater. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just, like, all the stuff around the edges and everything. There's uh, stuff around the edges. There's, oh. like, lasers... Pouring there, out from the middle. There were and then attacks there's in like, here which you did not fully understand. I still don't. I still terrible at the fucking one where it's like, okay, there's like the the lasers coming out of the middle, and then they're gonna like slowly grow, and you kind of have to rotate with them. And I always get hit by it. Um, and then there's also the ones she saw. This unit summons pods that appear around the outside, and you have to like move. And the pods will telegraph what they're doing, but that's cool. I was like fighting the pods. Um, between this and the final boss, there's a very long, my least favorite part, very long bullet hell section. This stupid hallway. The hallway, yeah. If you've played it, you know. You just have to dodge lasers and bullets and clear barricades and ads the whole time. It's a little while, but I mean, you still get the nice music that's the uh, the hub world music. Honestly, th- th- yeah, there's, there's very little that I could not do while listening to Nier Automata music. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then the final boss is Orb. It's a big Orb. But it's not. I mean, we run into what just looks like 2B or 2P, right? We're like, hey, we got you. Um, but then... 
<laughs> the orb is so weird. gets made of two peas. Isn't this where this? Uh, no, is it? And then the orb transforms into a big two pea. Did we not write down? Okay, so the. I think this is where the two peas like are all showing up, right? And then. There's like a whole bunch of them, and then they start screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they all screaming. just like scream. It's horrifying. Just like, ah! <laughs> and then they all get sucked up into this orb. <laughs> they like lose all their features. And they just and turn so into these the like orb. mannequin, naked yeah. mannequins, and then they all go into an orb. And then it's, it's like, like, yeah, it's like the big flesh orb from Castlevania Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty nasty. That's um, scene one. That's say phase one of that, and then. Um, Hold on, I gotta scroll back to where I was because I was searching to see if it was covered. Anyway, and then um, after that, it it kind of disintegrates and then reforms into like what hatches from the the orb is a larger model of giant model of two B made out of the smaller two Ps. Wouldn't it be really <laughs> really funny if the final climax reveal of Destiny Two? Was that it was actually a near automata crossover the whole time, and the traveler just turns into a giant android? Man, I'm sure that joke would land really well on somebody that played Destiny Two. That's the big white orb. You know the big white orb. I don't know that. I don't give a shit about Destiny. Okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> no, I know absolutely nothing apart from Peter Dinklage did not reprise his role <laughs> and got replaced. <laughs> okay. A- 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 anyway, we-, we fight the giant. We fight the giant two P made out of smaller two Ps. She's like. 50 feet 50 feet tall again she's like angle size yeah 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 this is this is uh i don't understand most of the mechanics in this fight this is oh yeah she like does she does a bunch of stuff where she shoves her sword into the ground and then like she'll replicate herself it's uh, it's the fight itself is sub or it's like compared to the music that is over it it's not really as important (laughs) i think the music is also um the I think it was uh, yeah it's a medley of torn from the heavens and then that's so that's uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and then the dark colossus destroys all I guess um, man she's grody we're looking at a video right now man that's so it's just a near version of more of the four, Final Fantasy fourteen stuff I don't know this one's more of a Final Fantasy fourteen center one but it's still cool okay. Um, so at the end of the puppets bunker, why don't you uh, take us through the post raid quests and the cutscene here? Yeah, especially because like, so this is probably my favorite section of the whole raid mm-hmm. content. Like, like it's like this is like okay, like and what's like this is like the most Yoko Taro stuff, yeah. but like parenthesis superlative next to that <laughs> phrase. And then we'll, we'll, then we'll come to the opposite of that in a bit. But okay, this is the most Yoko Taro stuff in a good way. Um, so crime and punishment and to make amends. Yeah. Uh, well, we also didn't mention that Anog is like really upset by all this. Yes. Before all this, right? She Doesn't she like leave? Or like, no, no, not yet. Not, not, but there's like a yet. small cutscene where, cut where Anog is like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, what's happening after this is like we're dealing with the aftermath of all this, right? Yeah. So like, so, so, so when we all have time after having seemingly defeated like, you know, the 2P androids, we've got time to collect ourselves and figure out what the hell is going on. 2B isn't super clear why she's here or what she's doing. She just kind of like followed the explosions on orders from command and ended up here. Um, but yes, we find out that the 2P is uh, the machine copy of the of the androids. Um, and uh, we take 2B to meet 9S. Uh, she demands that he be revived so that she can succeed in eliminating the machines because she needs him. 
Um, Konog thinks that they're up for the task, but Anog is racked with doubt because at this point, she like everything that she has tried to do over the course of all these quests appears to have done nothing but bring destruction and chaos down on her uh, village. Yeah. And also, possibly, she has some stuff going on internally that will make sense when we get there in a sec. We're going to circle back around here. Mm, okay. So back outside where the carnival was, there is a dwarf village. Um, the dwarf, the whole village is there, basically. Um, there is a dwarf village. Yes, we've terif- covered this terrifying half circle formation. That's it's really creepy. <laughs> like we just walk out and they're all staring at us. Yeah, uh, it's they they blame the twins for the horrible bombing that happened. Although to their credit, their priority is asking the twins how they. How, how they plan to make amends because the village practices a restorative justice framework. That was my expectation, at least based on this. Coming this summer, dwarf cops. <laughs> Lolly, Lolly, you have you the have right the... to remain silent. Ho. That's my line. You <laughs> so I wrote it down. Again. I was going to do it in this point. Well, I have to do something else. <laughs> Lolly, do you know why you've been pulled over? Ho. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, there's a, uh, someone here is like a, some, we're talking to the villagers about their um their stance and all of it at one point someone here is like hey i need a second opinion i need a sober i think opinion. the village elder says that yeah yeah l- let me smell your breath and he sniffs our breath and he's like you'll do uh they hold a vote and blame anog um who then gets ousted as speaker of the house <laughs> <laughs> this um, is being recorded a day after that after kevin mccarthy has been ousted as speaker of the house yeah, in the united states guy. house of representatives <laughs> Oh, Couldn't man. Couldn't happen to a nicer fella. Anyway. <laughs> um, 2B shows up and blames herself and then threatens them all with violence, which I'm sure helped. Um, mm. 2B's plan is to take the blame and leave. Uh, oh, wait, is it? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think it's pretty smart. But then we go to check on 9S and uh, Anog appears to just run off. Yeah. Um, leaving Konog now completely alone. So, Con- What do you think about that justice system? System yeah. of you, you're, you did it. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. The dwarves seem way more hostile now. They seem less interested in making amends and yeah. more like wanting to like make Konog suffer or ostracize. It, it's are already more so than they already were for being different, right? Yeah, I, I mean, and, and like what what ends up happening here is we end up following Konog pretty closely. Mm. Like without Anog, he seems kind of adrift, and we just kind of follow him through the village as like. He gets accosted by hostile dwarves who have injured or dead loved ones, um, mm. and they threaten him with violence if he doesn't leave because they're really upset about yeah. the destruction that he brought down. Um, d- Real our- fucking 180 from the tone of the first tier yeah. of these quests like, uh, with uh, the uh, cartoon bombing. and the- <laughs> Our slash comfort doesn't do anything. <laughs> what? No! So um, we kind of like... Uh, Konog, sort of like we ask around town to see how we can help out, and the the one of the hostile dwarves, you know, is like, "Hey, um, we, we learned that like there's some mead that he values that maybe that he, like would help his wife." So we go off, and we end up like helping Konog basically, like you know, um, take this long journey down to the bottom of the cliffs to go to like the human pub mm-hmm. in order to get the special mead because Konog really wants to find any way to make amends. Like he feels terrible and he's trying to, um, to, to, he's trying to sort of like, you know, see if he can do anything to make it right. So we get back to the village with the special mead. Uh, Konog knocks on his door and tries to offer him. The dwarfing question is not receptive of our gift. Weird. And Konog takes this extremely harshly. Like he just, he basically runs off completely distraught, leaving the bottle kind of lying in the middle of the road. And 
this particular moment here where like he has tried to do the right thing but the consequences of what has happened are so enormous and they have like warped the entire sort of like framework of everyone's relations and the melancholy of just like the little bottle of mead lying in the mud after he runs off is the most Yoko Taro shit. This is the most where I was like, okay, okay. Like they're pulling in some of like the, the, the emotional notes that Yoko Taro likes to play with in terms of like consequences and, mm. and character relations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like so so Konog has basically run off. Yeah, uh, we uh, meet up with the dig site chief um, to to tell him all of this. Dig site chief offers to repair some of the damage to his reputation. Go talk to some of the dwarves. Um, he leaves a note here, but he, he makes a note here to say that he's not the, that Konog is not the most athletic dwarf. So hopefully he hasn't made it far while we're talking. Uh, incredibly wrong about this. He's made it so far. He, he ran all the way into the end of the puppet's bunker, and we have to go all the way through the puppet's bunker and meet him at the end. And he's front of a much softer, less grotesque orb, <laughs> but it's an orb nonetheless. Uh, he's just sitting there, kind of kneeling in front of it, sadly, and be like, "What the fuck? Where is my sister?" And we get an echo vision of uh, Konog's past. And in it, we see Konog with Anog, and they are deep in a cave that uh, suddenly collapses for some reason. I'm guessing it has something to do with this satellite landing or whatever. Uh, And Anog pushes Konog out of the way of some of the falling rubble. And after everything settles, uh, she is not responsive to Konog's calls for, you know, her her life. He finds her hat. Uh, her helmet in the rubble and fears for the worst. But then he encounters Orb. Orb. Begins to glow near-like. And there she is. Anog. That's fine. But she has no helmet on. How disgraceful. She better put that on. Uh, she opens her mouth and says something in win- wingdings. <laughs> and she down- She pulls her hand out, uh, puts her hand on Konog's face and downloads dwarf data. <laughs> from him and then begins speaking like a dwarf and a normal a regular person but we could basically surmise at this point that anog is orb okay so 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 it seems like what we're learning here yeah is that the entire time that we have known her Mm -hmm. anog has actually also been a machine replicant like the entire time yes she has been orb this is also the most. This is also the most Yoko Taro shit, because again, it like it like so many questions. This raises right, like she appears to have been Anog. She appears to have had all of her thoughts and emotions, and she appears to have also felt very bad about the actions that she took in order to like you know unleash the machines on mm-hmm. her on the village. But also as a machine creation, was she also acting on some kind of like programming or subconscious directives in order to bring about that series of events? Right? Yeah. Was she simultaneously like a sleeper agent? Was she like a Manchurian candidate who didn't even know her own programming was driving her to take to carry out these actions? That would suck. Yeah, that's like that, that's great shit. At this point, I was like, okay, okay, we're cooking. This is like this is this is the good stuff. Let's <laughs> let's let's see what they do with this. Okay, well, let's start chunk three and see this through to the end. Konog alone and Brave New World. Lolly, I may have been too optimistic. Ho says the dig site chief. He's probably not had much success restoring Repairing. Konog's reputation. Yeah, it's not going super well. Um, after the patch break, we find Konog passed out. Um, into the cave, and he's uh sweltering. Basically, we prop him up on the bed and remove his helmet scandalously. 
then order him to stay put. And definitely don't go running after Anag while we let the Dixie Chief know you're okay. Okay? All right. He goes and fetches some medicine. We go and fetch... Uh, so the Dixie Chief goes and fetches some medicine for him. And when we go back to check on Ankona, I go, no, he's gone! Of course he's gone. What the fuck, dude? We told you not to do that. The camera cuts to 2B, who's uh, by an unco- unconscious 9S, and she turns to talk to, quote, someone, quote, who we can only assume might be Konog, right? I don't know. That's what I thought. We asked the people some things. It's not important. We yeah. get back to the end of the puppet's bunker, walking yeah. back all the way through with this amazing tribute to Nier Automata again, but it is very long. Yeah. Uh, we get uh, a stupid hallway with all the lasers. Yeah, that's true. Um, we find Konog again, unconscious though, with the orb, and then the orb. Oh no, this is the part where the two-piece scream. Damn it. Uh, whoops, okay. Whatever. It's still scary. It's still really scary. The, the orb replicates tons of t- two Ps. We are saved uh, by 2B and 9S and not Konog, but Anog. <gasps> She's back. They rush in to tell us and destroy the orb. Oh, no. The 2Bs then activate self-preservation Yeah, they all start, mode and start wailing and the sphere implodes. Success. <laughs> Success. Uh, now, it turns out we're too late and there's a huge tower sticking out of the alien ship now. Uh, and that tower is... Very weird looking, very out of place, just like the rest of this fucking content. But before we're afforded explanations, we must enter this tower. This tower is just like the big white tower from the end of Automata. Yeah, basically. So, Raid 3, the tower at Paradigm's Breach. We chase around these pea children? That's weird. There's all these children in this tower. Um, 2B has a line or sorry, here where she says, there's no meaning to anything machines do, which I don't think that's true. And Enog like- takes offense. <laughs> Enog disapproves um but yeah we just are going up this tower it's very it's very featureless very much kind of like a replicated sort of thing when we're inside it like we're usually in like at this point they're they're letting us do like the hacking thing yeah so we like we we go in the tower and now we're in like the weird sort of tan hacking world yeah and we're like you know doing stuff with like black and white cubes the arena yeah the arenas are all just nondescript kind of glitchy squares uh, the boss one is the Knave of Hearts. He makes lots of copies of himself who attack from the sides and do different area of effects and knock us around. That's pretty straightforward. Um, boss number two, uh, well, we go go more. We chase some girls around. <laughs> a lot of girls here. Boss number two is Hansel and Gretel. They're Hansel and Gretel. Little, they're two little uh, short, like short stature, but still very large. <laughs> um just like goblins that are from from replicant yeah they're from near they're from near replicant where they're 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 also annoying as fuck in that game too (laughs) they just have their area like you can only attack one at a time uh we make our way up the skinny nondescript ramps up to uh the boss number three who is red girl uh from the pretty much the end of automata or all throughout it if you really think about it uh and this red girl has uh, kind of a hacking sub mini game where we actually turn into the triangle ship, right? And then yeah, you have to swap I, forms. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> you just have I, to, I'm like... good at the actual hacking in Nier Automata, funnily enough. Yeah. But it's just weird. It's a weirdly implemented thing. You're like, what is going? Okay, I have to press the two button to swap to the color. Anyway, there's also just a bunch of like you have to. Uh, she has a chain attack where like she pulls people in and you have to get out of the AOE. It's all right. It's it's fine. It's kind of cool, but it's just like a lot of chaos. But um you kind of figure it out as you go and then boss four is false idol with 2b uh we 2b is with us um in this this first we but before we get into this boss we're kind of seeing um what was the cutscene before the boss 
there was like uh we were kind of rushed through this part because they pulled without us <laughs> so they did yeah <laughs> so I, we're kind of like whatever but like the basically this orb appears from and then like splits open and then there's a big girl in it just like a big girl but she's a big the black and white girl um and uh it she has these mechanics where she'll like just throw some lasers out and then if it's kind of similar to like mountain gulg those lasers and that marionette boss or whatever um and i think you're saying like like this is like the kine track playing over that was the second phase of this she then once you beat that farce uh the she turns into her venerated one or something and it's got the kine track kine uh, mashed up with the final fantasy main theme also sick as hell this fight is pretty cool it's on like a translucent platform that changes and then she like summons buildings that come from beneath yep (laughs) that you have to dodge and then also trains (laughs) i don't know what i haven't played Drakengard or Replicant, so I don't actually know if the trains are like a reference to something. I think this is more Drakengard stuff because yeah. also you get more of like the 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 rings with the runes on them going on here. Mm. I have not played Drakengard, but I've seen like some of the ending of that game, and it, I think a lot of this is pulling from that. Yeah, uh, it's pretty neat. It's pretty. It's just pretty freaking neat. It's neat, but it's not my favorite. I think this one's like really long. Mm-hmm. I don't love the Tower at Paradise Reach. I love Puppets Bunker a lot, and Copied Factory is like pretty easy um but revisiting the puppets bunker was by far the most fun of the raids um we finished that up we beat her and then without her uh we have to try and destabilize the portal that's summoning that's allowing the machines to enter this dimension yeah we should mention that like they're coming in here via this Mm -hmm. like uh, that's where we find this portal the the orb kind of is the portal i think or yeah like how they're getting into so they need to go somebody needs to go on the inside and hack it from the inside and Anog offers to do that. So she goes on the inside to hack the portal down and to be and nine S hack the portal from this side. Um, and they all effectively perish in the, in the, in the event, because um, if there is any connection between that dimension and ours, the portal will remain open. So to be and nine S basically just kill themselves. Yeah. Like, like, like if screen. anything of it remains in this world, then the portal will remain open. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're not allowed to stay, but we are allowed to, to get their clothes yeah if you win them you won the 2b i did yeah so you can put that on at yeah. any time but yeah so so all of a sudden like you know anog and 2b and 9s are out of the story mm-hmm. except for an audio log in which they re, uh, they assure us that they'll remember us yeah and the tower kind of collapses and disappears it like implodes on itself yeah okay so this is also uh the most yoko taro shit parenthesis derogatory yeah. in parenthesis. <laughs> like oh all the interesting stuff that we had kind of set up in like the middle section um all those characters just kind of exited the story immediately with no real resolution yeah, it's just kind of like well how about that huh that was weird uh-huh. yeah it's like <laughs> oh Oh, okay. Well, um, I, I guess I guess we did it. It takes a village, and Kamra wasn't built in a day. Are the kind of as a, as a first chunk of quest, or the last chunk of quest here before the the sort of epilogue. Um, we reunite with Konog, who is distraught at the news, but reads the letter that Anog left him. After reading about her departure and her reasons for it, he's still upset and sends us out on an errand that is obviously a distraction. While he takes his leave, leaving his own farewell letter. When the chief brings the village into the mines to deliver the good news, they still want justice from the ones who caused this whole mess, but they're gone. Um, According to them, they want consequences. And then they eventually turn on the chief himself for not foreseeing it, I guess. The chief says we failed each other. He concludes and runs off. I don't know if he runs off forever, but just... Oh, no, yeah. He's just like, God, shut up. 
they all shut up, I guess. With this, with the Dwarven village in this state of derision, the chief is resolved to help rebuild day by day, moment by moment. There's at least one dwarf, the Doomsayer dwarf of all people, who throughout the entire quest line has just been saying Doom and nothing else. He's starting to realize the error of his previous ways and his mindset. Starting to adopt a more growth mindset <laughs> and wishes to put a better foot forward uh, by choice. So the task of repairing the village is down to the doomsayer dwarf, dwarf who is uh, still shaking her old habit or their old habit and this unlocks the weekly quest of being able to restore the dwarven village similar to like the dome and enclave i think uh and that but and there's also another set of weekly quests quests wherein you are able to um get correspondence from konog who is leaving us letters in our duty log the duty kind of thing as we um do it but that really ends off the quests for the purposes of our recap if you want to alex if you keep going back in like the week just reset i think i am yeah Yeah, just go back in and do them and then make you can make a note if you want or just like leave thoughts of your impressions because there is like a cut scene at the end that will find if in as much as yoko taro final finalization it will kind of finalize that storyline yeah, like but, uh, I'll, I'm going to do it, and I think like w- by the time I get to the end of it, I will make a note to bring it up in whatever episode that is. Yeah, but it's sort of a weekly chain, so uh, I guess brief discussion sort of topic. What did we get from this? <laughs> Why this? Why here? What is this? What do we what do we take away from this? Man, fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> end of discussion. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I mean like I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like the, the thing is, is that like I love the near games. Mm-hmm. They are kind of they are kind of deliberately incoherent. Those games have a lot of ideas on their minds, mm-hmm. but they present them in ways that are like that, that resists sort of explicit interpretation. Yeah, they're like, artfully to, abstract. Yes, they're abstract. They're ambiguous. They have more they, room to grow over the course of like a. 40 hour game exactly and like and and they give you things to think about and then they don't expect you to arrive at concrete answers yeah and like you said that works over the course of a 40 hour game i don't know that cramming it into six hours of effectively six hours of like yeah. raid content really works in the same way because what you're just left with is like a whole bunch of stuff that it's not super clear why it matters other than that i feel really bad for conog <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, maybe we'll take some time to think. I really liked doing it. I liked it a bit more the second time around, but also what helped was like taking notes because it was like hard to follow. I remember it being really hard to follow the first time around because half the characters don't have names. Like the yeah. dwarves themselves don't have names. That's a weird choice to me. I would have liked to gotten had gotten and cared about more. But like, as you notice over the recap, we were kind of skipping over the dwarf village parts because it was like, these people are like there's just nothing here to talk about and like it's not super clear what the machines want other than to conquer i guess this new world yeah they didn't really get into why the machines want to live or do something because like in automata the machines just want to like live and exist and i mean i don't want to spoil automata even though it's really old but like there's (laughs) machines aren't necessarily the machines aren't necessarily in the wrong Yeah, there's... <laughs> that fucking that game's great. Play it if you haven't played Nier Automata, and you really if you liked Final Fantasy 16, you'll love Nier Automata. <laughs> wow, damning with faint praise. I'm Look. just saying, Nier Automata is a character action RPG that is way better. It has way better RPG systems. Yeah, that's and true. better story, and 
the only thing that held it back for me was I didn't particularly love the hacking in that game because it's just like a weird. I don't know it was just like a. It was intentionally weird, jarring bullet hell, but it ended up getting really boring. I don't know. I'm just I, really good at him. I think this was an admirable attempt at doing this crossover, given that neither party involved seemed to super understand why they were doing it. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair review. Why don't we um, uh, talk about the finale of the role quest at the end of the episode, as opposed to the beginning? I don't know why we did it this way, but we did. Now this is great. Oh, I love this shit. Oh, this good. Do you like this? Oh, Shadow Walk with me. Yeah, this quest is great. Okay, so what? I mean, did you think? Do you think overall that this then was all worth doing because because of this finale thing? Yeah, I think this is like some really suffering important, suffering through some really important <laughs> context. Yeah, I know, right? I'm just like, oh, these uh, these these opening role quests really suck. <laughs> Hope this is worth it in the end, but it totally is. Yeah. Okay. So so we're gonna th- so this whole thing takes uh, kicks off at the bar again. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna be spending a lot of time with uh Ciela, the barmaid, who's been kind of like just... sort of nudging us to talk to people this whole time. Yeah, I mean, she's just kind of been there. Yeah, and not really, it, not really, not really a character I had paid any attention to before, which is going to happen twice in this in this section. Yeah, because um, Ciela's like, you know, we've defeated all the cardinal virtues with our bounty hunter friends, and Ciela's like, ah, oh, but you're not done yet, because in fact, there's a true villain who towers over the virtues and mm-hmm. is a a real devil who deserves death. She's being very cryptic about the whole thing. Yeah. Um. Um. She has she, a lot to tell us. Uh, yeah, a lot to tell us as like a, as like a barmaid. Um, but apparently, she was the one who orchestrated the whole hunt for the cardinal virtues. Huh. Like she like put out the call for the bounty hunters, got them there in one place, kind of drew me in so that I'd end up on a collision course with them. Like she kind of like has been puppeteering the whole thing from behind the scenes, which yeah. is cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool, and it's not like the hints weren't there. <laughs> yeah, and so what's going to happen is she's going to take us on a tour among, like, you know, the meaningful places mm-hmm. like Kalusia and Amarang and Raktika from all of the uh, from the Cardinal Virtues hunts we've done so far and talk us through, again, like, those stories of the original Warriors of Light and how they met Ardbert and how they were companions mm-hmm. and stuff, except that she points out that the whole time in all of like the echo visions and the flashbacks yeah there was a sixth unnamed adventurer who uh-huh. never really says anything yeah but she's there i'm gonna be honest i never fucking noticed that's i um and when we do our re if you want to go back and listen i every time we skip over it i'm just like oh yeah and they have a, a party with <laughs> them i did not i did my due diligence to in, intentionally not point out at all that she was there i was just this, like she's just somebody this is a great hiding in plain sight reveal this whole thing this this yeah. whole reveal about <laughs> it's all of it so good. It, it's it's the kind of stuff i wish this game did more of but uh yes yeah. so so this sixth adventure who was with them her name was silva c-y-l-v-a mm-hmm. yeah we see her time and time again she happens to look exactly like ciela that's because she is ciela we're not going to beat up at the bush she's been around she's like 100 years old or mm-hmm. whatever um basically so what she keeps iterating to us is that this whole time while all the other adventures that the warriors of light were having getting together and learning lessons and getting friendship crystals and stuff silva was also there with them mm-hmm. but she was also kind of secretly plotting they're not their downfall exactly but like but to instrumentalize them towards some greater purpose yeah that and like you know that that was gonna like that they were not gonna be happy about she she had a ritual yeah. planned for all of them she had some big master plan because mm-hmm. um 
because all of this is building up to the uh, to, to the whole deal with the Shadowkeeper. Because the Shadowkeeper is the force that was sowing chaos and discord in Norvant. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it was the force that in many ways was creating the trials that the Warriors of Light were having to overcome. Like, you know, the things that were causing them to lose companions or to discover the value of sacrifice and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it turns out that when they get to their great search to find the shadow keeper, it turns out it's Silva. Uh, it was Silva all along. Yes. The, um, we, we go to Lakeland and, um, Ciela in her modern form greets us in sick looking evil black armor with a sick looking evil red sword. And we get a vision in which the warriors of light confront her after she has finally revealed herself to them and fully betrayed them. Mm-hmm. And revealed that she has been manipulating them the entire time. Um, and but, but the way that she puts it is, she says, hey, everything I said, everything I felt, it was all true. But I was still the Shadow Keeper. Um, everything I did was to yeah. forge you into heroes worthy of Heidelin's blessing in order to do what must be done. Yeah, so she, like, she... <sighs> She is, we've learned that she's from the 13th, and she, that planet fell to the dark and a mirror of the Calamity facing the first. Um, and she's a, friends with Uno Kalhai, you know, the boy we met in, yeah, in, in those, the Warring Triad Raids those times, that was a long time ago. And the Essians ended up manipulating her, making her believe that by she could save the world from dark by flooding this one with light um, and hold it in a balance. Um, and, but she's trying to, and, and in order to do that, they want, they, she, in order to hold that balance, she needs to die, basically. Basically, yeah. Like, like, and so she wants to make them all suffer losses to become heroes. Like, she's basically, she's pulling a reverse flash, basically. She's going, like, you know, fucking with them in order to make them better or whatever. And the culminating stroke will be Ardbert has to strike down his companion, i.e. her. Yes. So the, they were, they were being, she was being manipulated by none other than Logriff and Mitron. And instead, though, they, Ardbert is too good of a person. He couldn't do it. Um, and she, uh, the, he turned his blade of light on the Asians themselves, which caused the flood of light, which, as we mentioned in the Eden raids, inadvertently doomed the planet, but also saved it from being rejoined. Yes. Like, killed most everything anyway, but at least yes. it didn't crash back into, you know. Yes. Um, so she's trapped as sort of this immortal fragment of something in the, the, the the thirteenth, which is something, it'll, well, the game will expound upon much later. Um, but she, she's like immortal and trapped with yeah. the weight of her sins, and she seems pretty miserable about the whole thing. Similar to Unakalhai. Um, until the virtues were awakened, presumably by Vothri, she could not ignore. Uh, she was yes trapped, but not really. It wasn't really until the virtues were awakened uh, that she started realizing she could take action because she was like fuck these this mockery of my former companions this sucks this sucks ass so i'm gonna try and help uh see so that's where the the collision course started she asks us to finalize finally kill her which we say no because we're arbert <laughs> you know arbert is we're not gonna kill her no. my retort here was death is no comfort to the living which you know true yeah, true. But and she's like, okay, uh, I've, you know what? I guess you're right. I think it is my job now to just try and rebuild their legacy now that, you know, this whole thing has kind of resolved itself. Yeah. Um, the hunter, bounty hunter friends, we talked to them, and they're not that surprised that something was weird. Yeah. No, like, like the last quest here is safekeeping, and it's really just kind of like a party, basically. Yeah. 
get a comedy gag where Greg gets some drinks very strong alcohol and passes out. Oh, what a mess. Anyway, that's nice. The We leave the crystals in her care, Silas care, and they start glowing and their memories join hers. But, you know, they thought of her as a friend until the very end, but she's still a bit sad, kind of bittersweet sad about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. It's a good... It's I didn't a do good, a good job recapping it, but it's nice. It's a good way to close out the whole everything with the Warriors of Light and Ardbert and all of it. Yeah, super important context. And it's just like... <laughs> it's the kind of, like, shocking character reveal that like only like makes their motive her motivations more complex and interesting and also genuinely like comes out of nowhere that i'm like oh okay like this is this is good proper sort of like this is how you do a twist i think and Mm -hmm. i really uh, appreciated it yeah excellent job um and that's gonna do it for the recap section of this episode uh next episode well next episode we'll be talking 5.4 5.5 and 5 5.5 and then we'll be done with Shadowbringers. holy shit holy shit and i i i'm so close to learning what endwalker is about (laughs) are you (laughs) um so the uh of course, that brings us into our next most important segment. The um, the strike has been lifted on us from the FCC, and we are now allowed to read some ads. Yeah, Want to take us pa- to the market board? Got the paperwork and everything. Awesome. You know, we were approached immediately by um, the hottest new pod- investigative podcast out there right now. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, like, it, it's great. Like, it, it, I'm, I'm sure, look... I'm sure you're sick of these ad reads by this point, but I have to read it because they did pay us a good amount of money. So, okay, this week we are sponsored by the hot new podcast, um, Who Broke Into My Pantry and Swapped My Special Baker's Yeast for Slightly More Expired Yeast, Causing the French Sovereign Cake I Baked to Underproof, Absolutely Ruining the Neighborhood Launch Party My Cousin Threw for the Special Edition Remastered Blu-ray Release of Babylon 5. It's a thrilling and gripping mystery about neighborhood intrigue, <laughs> plots, betrayals, um, you know, multiple property crimes, the, the, what, a, what a physical media release even means in 2023. I Actually, I, I do have some clips here. I'm, I'm mm. going to hit play on this. Yeah? Uh, okay, here's a, here, here's a first clip from, I think it's from the block party itself. It's some okay. real live audio. I'm going to hit play on this. Boy. I sure love this this block party. This is fantastic. Oh, uh, wait. Here, did try somebody... the cake. Yeah, I was just about to ask who brought this French sovereign uh, Sauv- cake. Sauvignon cake? I was going to say Sauvignon cake, and I thought that doesn't make sense. That's a grape. But so- so- French sovereign cake? I've never had one of these before. Mommy, I want to go on the bouncy house. Charles, you can't go on the bouncy house. <laughs> okay <laughs> sucks for charles this cake here i go it's, it's kind of dense <laughs> that's gross okay that's that first clip <laughs> uh here is the second clip i have yeah. from within the i think it's a paramount headquarters when they find out that um no. the initial sales for the babylon 5 special edition blu-ray are absolutely awful uh-huh oh man how are those sales doing for the Babylon 5 edition Blu-ray? I don't understand. I had an entire promotional strategy lined up. This block party was supposed to be the biggest thing in the neighborhood, but everyone walked away feeling like it was a thoroughly mediocre experience, and we only sold three copies. That's really weird. Babylon's 1 through 4 did so good. 
Anyway, so um, if you found that as riveting as I'm sure we I'm sure we did, please make sure to check out on any podcast player of your choice. Uh-huh. The um, we're now I think three episodes into who broke into my pantry and swapped out my special baker's yeast for slightly more expired yeast, causing the French sovereign cake I baked to underproof, absolutely ruining the neighborhood launch party my cousin threw for the special edition remastered Blu-ray of Babylon Five. I've been told it is the most highly anticipated event of the summer. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that wonderful, wonderful podcast. And who knows, maybe you'll see a certain bud as a guest star, guest interviewee on that podcast. Are we allowed to tease that? I, I didn't think we could talk about that yet. One of us might have been at the at the, at the Babylon 5 launch party. Anyway, that's yeah, that's our, that's our advertisement for this week, and that's going to do it for this episode of Stormbuds. We will be back. Okay, so we did fuck up the schedule a little bit. There's, I mean, some very important things happening in our life that we needed to make sure we were not sick for. Um, so we just quarantined a bit, and then we're going to release this episode on the um, the the seventh. So this week, it's worth the Wednesday today, and then we're going to try and record. Okay, we're going to try and record and release an episode on the for the 21st. Right? I was hoping we'd get back to just normal or normal every other weekly, but instead what we're going to do is we're going to play and record for 5.4, 5.5 and then schedule that cuz we're going to be out of town that day. We're going to try and get through as much as we can. We've got a wedding. We got a wedding. Um and it's not ours. <laughs> Before you ask. Um so we're going to but we're still going to schedule an episode for the, to come out two weeks after this one and then we'll play it by ear from there because i still want to get through i would still love to get through um and walker on the same date i don't want to push that back a day week i don't know why i think Maybe I'll i just, think we'll catch up at some point we'll catch i think up at some we'll point, we'll cram some stuff in and we'll try and do another back-to-back or we'll do another bonus shindig we'll come up with more bonus episodes <laughs> hope that was but thank you for uh, bearing with us and thank you for joining us on this journey through your dark apocalypse from final fantasy 14 shadow bringers uh it's been an interesting experience i'm glad we did it i i think this is the least important one to do in terms of the main story quest but I, like I, I also, was gonna ask does any of this ever come up later like it can't it basically i mean it just can't um, but like, also it would have been inconsistent having not done it and you would have been like, oh, so <laughs> we, we, I'm glad we did it. But until the next episode, born from buds, storm of buds, we've been the storm buds, baby. Have a spooky night. Oh yeah. We didn't do anything else spooky. Next episode. Ah!